Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Him and his uh, ilk were espousing sort of racial hatred, basically. This is more often used, or you kind of more often see it when it's Islamist sort of terrorists sort of sharing um, ISIS videos and beheading videos, all that sort of stuff. But this guy was sharing far right stuff. So it's you know the manifestos of people like Anders Breivik, Dylan Roof, and also Brenton Tarrant. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. A self-described British fascist has admitted that he shared terrorist documents on a Telegram channel and now faces a lengthy jail term. Jim fanatic Christopher Kearney was arrested and extradited from Alicante in Spain, where he was running the social media channel under the nickname Charlie Big Potatoes. Kearney had shared the manifestos of mass killers, including Norwegian Anders Breivik, and also shared posts encouraging violence against black people, Jews and Muslims. Today, I'm talking to Chris Summers, who was in the Old Bailey where Kearney pleaded guilty and later took to the stand to defend his beliefs. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Chris, this has been a very unusual case before the courts in the in the UK in the Old Bailey. Christopher Kearney, a 38-year-old from Liverpool, who has pleaded guilty to sharing terrorist materials on this uh, phone app we call Telegram, where I think there's lots of dodgy stuff. I went on it myself recently uh, to to and. I don't know. I seem to ha- I seem to be inundated. I'm actually going to think I'm going to delete it uh, with stuff. But tell us a little bit about the Telegram app, first of all, and what this guy was sharing on it. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I do have Telegram and I, I, I sort of use it to message people, usually people who don't want to give their full identities. Yeah. Um, but I... I he he apparently had a Telegram channel, so um, I'm not quite sure how that works. But I think you can, you know, people can just subscribe to your channel and then they uh, hear you babbling on or, or, you know, live streaming when you're when you're sort of uh, spouting forth. 
Yes. Um, and it's and a place the, where there yeah. have been a lot of kind of racism and stuff which would be probably barred from other uh, social medias. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's it's not like um, normal sort of broadcasting or even the internet where you, um, you know, there's all sorts of rules and um, if you break the rules with sort of racist language or whatever, you will, you'll be thrown off or you'll be sort of suspended while you're investigated or whatever. But um, Telegram, it sounds like there's sort of, there's no rules. I mean, I guess some people would say, well, that's, it's um, the home of free speech and you know, people can say whatever they want. But um, obviously he, him and his uh, ilk were sort of uh, espousing sort of racial hatred, basically. So the actual details of what, so they he basically placed some material on this Telegram channel of his that was illegal, presumably. That's the criminal charge, is it, that he's pleaded guilty to? Yeah, uh, and by doing so, he was encouraging terrorism. Um, I mean, obviously, this is more often used or you kind of more often see it when it's Islamist sort of terrorists sort of sharing, um, you know, ISIS videos and beheading videos and all that sort of stuff. But this guy was sharing sort of far-right stuff. So it's, you know, the manifestos of people like Anders Breivik, um, Dylan Roof, who killed a load of um, people, uh, black worshippers in a church in the United States. His thing was called The Last Rhodesian. Um, and also Brenton Tarrant, who... Um, who killed uh, a lot of people in New Zealand in a, in a mosque. So yeah, that they was were all sort of fellow travellers, sort of white supremacists kind of thing. So Brevik was, um, he committed his attacks in Norway in 2011 and he killed eight people by detonating a van bomb at uh, in Oslo and then he killed an incredible 69 people from the Workers' Youth League who were at a summer camp um, on an island called Utoya. His uh, manifesto, as you call it, was something he wrote to explain what he intended to do and, and sort of explain his politics and his belief behind it. So that presumably, Brevik, from memory, he actually posted before uh, or, or, you know, it came up around the time that he, he committed these mass murders. Um, like... Where does that live since it has been banned? I presume the Norwegian authorities uh, had that taken down off the internet, but people can can grab and download it and store it. I presume. Yeah, I I presume it sort of lives on in the in the dark web, and and you know, it's it's like a lot of these. It's like sort of child abuse videos. You know, you can never truly sort of take them down. They're, they're always sort of somebody's copied them, somebody's copied them, and they'll be somewhere out there in the murkiest depths of the internet. But, um, yeah, so Breivik's manifesto is out there somewhere and, and you know, the people in the know were were sharing it. Um, but it was quite interesting, you know, hearing him talking, Kearney talking about, you know, what he, what he believes. Um, I mean, he was very careful. He didn't really want to be, to be referring to white people, but he was, you know, that's what he basically means that um, white people are 
in danger of being outnumbered by migrants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but he was he was referring to ethnic uh, indigenous people of the British Isles, which included the Irish, the Welsh, the Scottish, and the English, um, but not anyone who was black. You know, so if you were, you know, born in Dublin, uh, you you and you're black. You you didn't you couldn't count as being indigenous Irish. So. Right. When mm. you say we're hearing the, his beliefs, so did he um, speak at the during the court case when he pleaded guilty or something? Is it, or or is this yeah, well, coming from a, his Telegram it's very, channel? It's a very strange thing. I I don't know if you have a similar thing in in Ireland, but it's called a Newton hearing. So it's when you you plead guilty to a charge, but you are sort of quibbling about what you know, what your culpability was. So you could have it in a, in a murder case, you know, you could say, well, yeah, I did murder that person, but I didn't, you know, I didn't rape them or I didn't do some aggravating factor. And um, it's quite rare in a Newton hearing, but in, in a murder case, but in this case, he's basically, so the difference is that the prosecution say that he did it with the intent you know, he, he fully knew what he was downloading. He fully knew what he was sharing, and he was doing it with the intent of encouraging terrorism or or sort of whipping up, um, you know, racial hatred. Um, and he said, "I didn't really know what I was doing. I was I was I was a bit reckless." You know, or his defence says he was reckless, and he didn't know what he was sharing. He hadn't fully read them or hadn't really sort of looked at them, and he was sharing loads and loads of stuff. Um, and he was just, you know, he was reckless as to what it was. But so that's why he was giving evidence about over two days. It was very strange to hear hear from him. So, and a Newton hearing, of course, um, we do know what that was here because Thomas Bomber Kavanagh took a Newton hearing in his case. He pleaded, oh, right. he pleaded guilty right. to, um, you know, to importing drugs into the UK, but he quibbled about the amount of drugs that he deported mm. and uh, that's what happened there and it delayed the case a lot over the course of uh, some time involving COVID and people not being able to travel and etc. So um, so this is what he did. He pleaded guilty but he sort of didn't want to totally plead to everything that the state said he did. Um, so what had he got to say for himself? Did he give any details about his background currently because of course he was extradited from Alicante in September of 2021 on these charges he was based out in Spain um, in certainly area in an area that would be seen as the heartland for expats being involved in something in organised crime was there any suggestion that there was links between his uh, this fascist organisation and organised crime um not not so much no not so much organized crime but there he he was associated with groups that have been convicted uh well for example national action he he was a i think he was a member of national action there was there was a video shown of him in court um waving a national action flag during a a demo in darlington in the north of england in 2016 apparently there was a demo against asian grooming gangs um, national action was banned shortly after that. It was um, it's it, it sort of been involved in various sort of far right activities. It's never actually carried out a terrorist action, but it has 
condoned, for example, the the killing of Joe Cox, Labour MP, and it uh, has been. It was also plotted, I believe, against um, another Labour MP, Rosie Cooper. Um, so yeah, he was part of that. He'd also been part of the EDL, English Defence League. He was quite dismissive of them, just saying that they're they're a bunch of fools. They just like turning up every every week for a punch up with you know opponents, but they're not actually achieving anything. Um, but yeah, he, he gave a bit of a biopic, he, you know, biography of his life. He um, said that he joined the British Army when he was 18, served in um, Iraq in the parachute regiment. Uh, he's obviously a bit of a fitness fanatic. He's, he's got, you know, there's lots of videos and stuff, clips of him um, flexing his muscles and showing off his uh, physique. Um but we don't really don't really know what happened in the intervening years. He's he's he was living in in Spain with his wife and four children at the time of his arrest, um, and he was you know spending his, you know his a lot of a lot of time doing this blogging and stuff. But I'm not quite sure what he was actually doing for a living. So he was essentially um, you know working remotely for the patriotic patriotic alternative um, sort of as a propagandist or as a PR man. Yeah, I think he was, he was affili- heavily affiliated to them. And he, he, um, he said he agreed with a lot of their ideas by their leader. I think God, God called Mark, Mark Collett. Um, he also, he hosted a, po- a podcast called the absolute state of Britain, which was him and a few like-minded souls sort of, uh, Putting the real the world to rights, I think it was quite ironic that he was um, he was you know postulating about Britain and what's wrong with the state of Britain, and also you know he was w- worried about Britain you know British people becoming a minority in their own homeland uh, while he was living in Spain. So um, <laughs> I don't know what the Spanish people think of that. But, and of course, yeah. patriotic alternative have been around for a good few years and have become so concerning that. A Labour MP, George Howarth, has called for them to be described or prescribed as a terrorist organisation. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I, I think they're probably, you know, they're, they're, they're quite close to, to that, you know, to being prescribed. Um, they're probably maybe just sailing close to the wind. Um, I imagine that the Home Secretary every now and again sort of considers that. But, yeah, they're currently a legal group. They've... they've um, had a lot of they've supported a lot of demonstrations in the last year or so against um illegal immigrant well against um you know asylum seekers people who have come across on the boats and are being put up in hotels in various places there was one in cornwall recently which they were they were behind patriotic patriotic alternative so but at the moment you know they're just sort of whipping up are they the biggest group without, there, without violence. Chris, at the moment? Sorry? Are they the biggest group, far-right group there at the moment? Uh, well, possibly. I mean, I, um, the EDL seemed to have sort of faded away. I don't know where, where it happened to the EDL. Is Tommy um, Robinson still involved with yeah. the EDL? No, well, Tommy Robinson had obviously his, his, his many, many uh, legal problems. Uh, and I, I think he sort of drifted off the scene as well, really. Well, he was over um, here in Dublin he, not so long ago. Sorry? He was over here in Dublin not so long ago and did a tour of oh, the right, country right. to yeah. uh, create a video content 
uh, about some of these marches that were also happening here on hotels mm. and centres where refugees were living and they were a cause for concern. Um, so it's it's interesting how the UK, which has a bigger problem than this than us, is looking at actually, you know, deeming these organisations terrorist organisations because, of course, that means they're easier to shut down, doesn't it, and to get mm. criminal convictions against its members. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, he, he were, you know, so it obviously, you know, it, it matters to him, you know, white, he, I think he views white people who, uh, sorry, Kearney views white people who sort of superior to, you know, other ethnicities. But he was, he did make an ad, he was adamant when he was asked about, well, what about Germans? And he said, well, they're, they're a different ethnicity. They're, you know, they're white, but they're not um, British. So, yes, I would have a problem with them, um, you know, in Britain. So, uh, but then he was also um, described himself at another point as a national socialist. And he, and he um, regularly sort of praised Adolf Hitler. So I think like a lot of these um, people on the far right, they just, they're, they're, the narrative is, is very confused. It doesn't, you know, one minute, they're praising uh, Hitler without, and then the next minute they're saying, "Well, they're British patriots." And we, the last time I looked, we we fought for a war against Hitler, so I don't understand it. And was he but, praising Adolf Hitler in the courtroom in, during the Newton hearing? Uh, well, no, he did not. In the bit I heard, he it was. Um, I think there was a clip of him praising Hitler on the uh, either the podcast or yes. his, on his Telegram channel. So this has um, been put to him. But he, he did, he did, when he was asked, you know, how would you describe yourself? He said, I'm a British fascist. Um, and as one of the other journalists who was covering the case with me, we, we were in the canteen afterwards and we were, we were saying, well, fascist, you know, and then he was, he was saying, you know, I don't believe in violence. But I think if you look at fascism by its very nature, you, you can't elect, I mean, he, uh, Kearney said he doesn't believe in democracy. So you can't, you can't elect fascist government you 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 get a fascist government by a sort of coup or whatever so um again a lot of a lot of contradictions in what he was saying and what sort of do you know of much about the um the group the patriotic alternative and he's the first person to be convicted of terrorist offenses from this group so it's quite a mm. monumental court case and proceedings this but do you know who else makes that up? Are they public about themselves? Are they also operating on Telegram channels? Or are they t- tend to be mask wearing, which a lot of these far right groups are? Patriotic Alternative uh, have got a, um, a, um, an address in Manchester. So they are, uh, they are listed there on Companies House as a um, political organisation. Um, but yeah, I'm not quite sure how many people uh, they would claim as members, um, you know, it's a bit like, I mean, the provisional IRA, the UVF. I mean, how many of these, do they actually have membership lists? Do they, people actually put it down in writing or you you can be convicted of membership of a prescribed organisation without, you know, having to have a membership card? I think it's just your actions show that you are a member, really. And they're very active, like most of these groups on social media, I think in by October 2020, a couple of months after they were founded, they were using the YouTube channel to try and recruit people mm. and to spread their message. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Yeah, they they are. Uh, I mean, a lot of these groups are quite quite sort of technologically savvy. They know what people what sort of um, social media and apps people are using, and then they know um, how to how to get followers and and build up an audience. Um, what has yeah. the fitness club got to do with it? They have their own fitness club initiative, which is again to try and <laughs> recruitment drive. Yeah, I think I, I think it. I, it's a bit dangerous because I mean uh, there's sort of um, a slight sort of correlation with um, you know Andrew Tate and people like that who who are obsessed with fitness and mm. it's all about the sort of young men have to be super fit and part of our problem is that we've all sort of become sort of chubby, unfit, um, you know, liberals, uh, and we need to go back to that sort of fitness ethic, which, again, um, Hitler was very keen on fitness, the national, um, the Hitler youth, um, not the Nazi regime were obsessed with fitness. So there's a sort of, I mean, there's nothing wrong with fitness, obviously. <laughs> going to stay no, fit but and going there's to a lot of kind of culty type groups will use it as part of mm. their recruitment drive. And of course, it's about image and, you know, marketing. And also will they'll try and, I mean, not too many celebrities would be urged to go forth to the far right, no doubt, with mm. the cancel culture. But they certainly have tried to, a lot of cult groups have tried to lure celebrity in order to lure more members. So it's all kind of in and around the same process and structures, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think there 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 is that um, sort of maybe we have to get you know they they want all to be fit and ready for when there's a revolution or a race war. Or, um, I mean, some of the couple of the uh, things that he shared. One was a a book called Siege, which is um, a well known novel which is based on a sort of uh, race civil war. Um, which ends up with you know a new white order. Uh, there's one another one called the Turner Diaries, which is sort of similarly based on a. Um, that's kind of more. I think that one's more sort of anti-Semitic, and um, I mean it was quite it was quite strange at one point that he was um, he was asked by one of the barristers what his views were about Jews, and he he was basically saying you know he was he was coming out with a lot of anti-Semitic stuff about. Yeah, they they run the world and they they're pushing this globalist liberal agenda, uh, and the man who's ultimately going to make the decision or going to sentence him, Judge Richard Marks, um, who I believe is is Jewish. So um, that was perhaps um, a bit unfortunate. <laughs> unfortunate, yeah. yeah. So what's happening next for him? He's he's due back for sentence, and he could be facing up to ten years in prison for this for sharing this material. Yeah, that's right. So the judge has to make a ruling um, as to whether you know he he thinks he was reckless or deliberate when he was sharing this stuff, and that will obviously affect the sentence he gives him. Um, uh, Kearney seemed to be sort of faced up to the fact that he's going to spend some time, quite some time, in prison, um, but he he seems very. Um, Un, uh, unapologetic about his his sort of main reason for doing it. Um, he he seems to think you know we're all wrong and everybody's wrong and you know he's he's fighting the good cause. Um, uh, otherwise, we'll all be sort of drowned out in 
racial impurity. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens when he's when he's sentenced. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from SundayWorld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free SundayWorld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip and commentary.